Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to Run Wild with Lauren and Bud. I am so glad you decided to give us a chance and listen. There's no bells and whistles today. In the future, perhaps there will be, but it is just raw and unedited. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and here we go. Press the button. I pressed the button, and we're, we're doing it, Bud. Hello, Lauren. Hey, Bud. How are you today? <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out all of this uh, technological um, things that go along with making a podcast. I'm talking right. into my phone and not the microphone. Sorry. So, Lauren, where are we today? Oh, we are in Nashville, which is so weird because Bud drove up uh, from Chattanooga because he has a kid in a volleyball tournament. Um, and I'm here in Nashville where I live, and I'm 39 today, so we got to pound well, out. happy birthday. Thanks. We got to pound out 39 miles for this oh old my lady. Goodness. Old lady. <laughs> and we are here to talk about the SCAR. We are. So, yeah, the goal of this podcast is to really uh, use it as a place where people can talk about some of their outdoor adventures. Uh, really, you know, no famous people. I'm, I mean, I know they're calling down the door to talk to <laughs> us, <laughs> but no pro athletes, just regular people doing um, outdoor adventures. And so we'll start off the whole podcast episode one talking about our recent, kind of recent, uh, outdoor excursion that we did. And, uh, and we do quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, and so we've got something in the works, and we'll talk about that, um, but yeah, so today, first time, I don't know, we're going to get to know you, you're going to get to know us, um, and we'll we'll take it from there, but yeah, it's my birthday, I'm 39, and we've got some running to do, we're actually sitting at the trailhead right now, uh, the moon is still up, it's 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Chattanooga time, huh? I'm 42. Huh. Bud's 42. He's an old man, so he's still older than me, so that makes me feel better. So, Yeah. Okay, Bud. So, what's going on? So, uh, it's your birthday, so oh. I have a present for oh you boy. here. Oh, boy. Okay, I have to open this. At and first, I thought it was a, a cactus. I was supposed to give it to you six months ago. And oh, I, I know what it is. I can't wait to open it, if I can figure out how to open it. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, it is dun, 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 my SCAR t-shirt. I'm so excited. I'll put that on my stinky body today when we stop for ice cream and pizza. Yes, so SCAR 2019, 72 miles across the AT that spans the Great Smoky Mountains. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Thank you, bud. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I so put excited. it in a safe place and I could not find he it. He lost it for like the last six months. Yeah, and then I found it. Uh, just this past week. Yes, so we're going to talk all about that today. I know I have friends out there who have done SCAR and Bud even helped some friends with that. Um, and I know others have SCAR in the works and, and probably this year. So we'll talk about mm. all of the nitty gritty and, and the fun stuff that goes along with that. Mm. Okay, but first let's get to know your hosts, Lauren and Bud. So for those who don't know us, uh, Let's do it. I don't know. Bud's prepared some questions. He's the prepared one who uh, always has everything yeah. ready. Um, I will ask Lauren this question mm, okay. uh, first. Why do you run with me? Um, because you're slightly slower, and so if there are bears around, <laughs> I feel confident that I will survive. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Um, that is true, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> we tested that theory at SCAR. Um, no, uh, why don't you run with me? Oh, Bud's my best running buddy. Um, I think that we make a great partnership and we're both giant nerds and maybe we're the only ones who can stand each other for that amount of time on the trail. But <laughs> <laughs> but he's my best running buddy. I wouldn't want to do adventures without him. I don't know. He's, uh, yeah, I don't know. You're my buddy. Aww. If you want to ask me the okay, same question. Okay, but <clears throat> why do you run with me? So I, I feel kind of the same way. And um, there, there are some personality things that I think tie into it. And so, um, you know, you're very loyal and also uh, you encourage me to be a better person and not Aww. just a better athlete, but a, a better father, a better friend, a better husband. That, that's how I feel when I'm around you. So I, I live up to a, a slightly higher standard. And I I'm not like crying. By myself. For those listening, I'm not crying. It's something in my eye. Thank yeah, you, bud. I think you bring out the best in me and... Um, some of the adventures we've been on, I have felt like I there was no way I could do this without you. Just yeah, no way. Yeah, I feel way. the same. I feel the same, bud. And um, that's just how I feel. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, next question. Okay. Describe a personality or character trait or ability that I have. It could be you or me, either okay. one. Okay, okay. Uh, in which... It is the same as you. So we so got the same share, or similar Yeah, we share a similar strength. And uh, when combined, our abilities overall, the team is stronger. Uh, well, we're both really... Where do we overlap? We're both really analytical, I think. And so I think we analyze situations the same way. Like we kind of are on the same page. Uh, we're both, you know, not concerned with... Uh, speed and you know competitiveness yes yeah. exactly so I feel like we really jive on that level we're analytical uh, and so we kind of get on the same page when we're planning and yeah we were there we're both there to have fun we both have that same attitude I think of what is this all about yeah so then we would be we would stand a better chance of keeping our morale up because we would not be concerned that oh we're behind on time yeah yeah like oh man Bud's slowing me down we're, we're still gonna <laughs> still gonna be happy and still have our yes, mind in absolutely. there absolutely I think because, I think we jive on that, that because point. we're still gonna finish yeah. in a reasonable time we're not gonna podium <laughs> no, dang it Bud I mean I could be a pro athlete if it wasn't <laughs> right yeah. always winning and on that podium, no. Your ultra, <laughs> ultra sign-up percentage yeah, is going to yeah. be higher or lower. You're right. not worried about it. No, no, y'all. I'm a trail sloth. That's why I joke so much about it. Okay. Uh, give me some traits or characteristics that uh, is a weakness. So combined, we're mm. just absolutely hopeless because we kind of are both, similar. Both weaknesses? Oh, yeah. man. I feel... Where are we both weak? I feel, well, there's so many. How long is this podcast? Yeah. Um, hmm. Maybe it's because we're we're not competitive at all. Maybe if one of us was, that we would actually... We would be faster. faster. 
<laughs> we would be faster and have better <laughs> ultra sign up stats, you know, and, and all that. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, because we both are kind of like, let's just seek the adventure, not worry about time mm-hmm. and, and competitiveness. So maybe if one of us were more competitive, we would. <laughs> so you could, you could be distracted by a flower. Oh, and... we both get distracted, though, I feel uh-huh. like. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a weakness. Yeah. I am easily distracted on the trail. That's true. There's so much out there, and that's why we're there, kind of. Yeah, so we both can really go off and, and wander, and <laughs> maybe that's a weakness. Maybe not. I yeah. don't know. Do you feel like um, because trail running and adventures on the trail are kind of like an escape for us? Yes. That, you know, we do seek out distractions on the trail because yeah, it's a yeah. break from the pressures of life it is and we are both a very stop and smell the roses or the box turtles or or whatever kind of people have you smelled a box turtle well i like to cozy with them when i find them i I like them i'm a tortoise person um so yeah maybe that's a weakness because we both get distracted easily and like oh look at this flower or sassafras root (laughs) (laughs) okay so give me something where we have opposite personality traits or characteristics such as you're weak in an area where i'm strong oh, or yeah. vice versa okay well i'll give you a good example so, bud combined uh, we're almost up to the average person <laughs> we almost create a normal trail <laughs> a no- runner a normal person. um i for being so analytical there is a part of me that is still fly by the seat of your pants kind of like case in point uh, I forgot to pack a headlamp this morning. Okay. <laughs> but I know Bud has an extra one, right, I do. Bud? <laughs> I do. Um, Bud is always prepared for everything, ultra prepared. He's got everybody covered, and I'm always the one that is forgetting to pack things or do things. Uh, yeah, so I would say Bud is Mr. Prepared. And I am the forgetful one. And so I can't tell you just about every Mm. run we've done, I've had to borrow something. And sorry, (laughs) bud. (laughs) It's quite all right. Uh, If I had to think of somewhere where you were stronger than me, I would have to say it's certain areas where willpower comes into play. (laughs) If we... I, sometimes I want to sit down and, and take <laughs> <Yeah>. a break. <laughs> no, bud, you must go. Yeah. I can't handle the pain as <laughs> much as you, I don't think. And there's no way that I would force myself to do as much or as as many things, uh, particularly, um, you know, in Scar, we were coming up mountain passes and you're just constantly climbing and then descending and climbing and descending. And sometimes going back uphill, you could look at the map and there was five miles where you're going to be climbing up. And I did not want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But bud, you must. Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt some of that when we did this past summer, we did the inaugural, uh, the Caney Fork Ultra. Wait, you felt me dragging? Yeah. Remember, there was a part where I was like, bud, just There probably was. I was like, okay, bud, we're we'll going to run that. this. We're going to run this. Come on. I felt like I was a little bit like yeah. dragging my, my six-year-old. Come on. Your okay. legs are not that tired. 
Yeah, there was a point, right. and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make him run, even though he doesn't want to." Yeah, I'll talk <laughs> about that event. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love so it. So, what was the name of the uh, the overlook where we had to climb that huge Welch's thing? Point? Welch's oh, Point. Okay, Lord, so that thing. Now that one I lagged, but yeah. it took off, and I really that was the point where I was like, "Okay." I'm a little sorry. This is not family friendly, but fuck this shit. <laughs> I hate trail running. Why am that I doing was this? the worst. Oh, the worst climb. It was tough. It yeah. was tough. Yeah, I was I was giving out on that, but I made it. We made it. It took all I had to get to that aid station. <laughs> but it took off and left and me. <laughs> not on purpose. Oh yeah, that was. We'll talk a little bit about so that. That was a neat. Event. When I got there, there was about ten minutes to spare. And uh, I kept looking behind me, hoping that Lauren would be just a little bit past cutoff so we could just stop. <laughs> I, did, I did not want any more. And sure enough, she comes around the corner right as I'm looking, and we have to continue. We have to continue. <laughs> I wasn't missing that cutoff, even if it was about 30 seconds. Swollen. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. So, if you're still listening and you haven't given up on our shenanigans, uh, we're going to talk about SCAR today. So, Bud, do you want to, like, in one sentence, yeah. tell me what SCAR is for those who don't know. So, this is called the Smoky Challenge Adventure Run. Mm-hmm. And so, the Appalachia Trail, the 2,000-something-odd miles that it goes uh, from Georgia all the way to Maine, uh, there's 72 miles that are in the Smoky Mountain National Park and so uh, there's two places at the terminus of this you've got Fontana Dam and uh, Davenport Gap is mm-hmm. that right? I think so yeah that yeah, that's because yeah. that's where we started yeah so you can either run it from Fontana Dam to Davenport Gap or from Davenport Gap to Fontana Dam and we chose to go from Davenport to Fontana Dam because there's a really nice um, shower facility at Fontana. And then we had also kind of watched a crew do this uh, a couple weeks before that. And that kind of helped me get a little bit of, um, what would you call it? 411. Yeah, you got a little intel about kind of how it works. And so for those who are are listening, uh, a lot of people will hike this section and maybe over two or three days, they'll they'll do uh, a backpacking trip of the 72 miles. It just is the AT that traverses the Smoky Mountains. And so the goal of SCAR is to do it in 24 hours to run it. So or do it in one lump. Yeah, in one lump. And so uh, I think in the, the the get-go we knew we weren't as concerned about the 24-hour time limit we knew that we were a little bit slower on the trail and uh that was just you know a goal but we weren't overly concerned going back to our our strengths and weaknesses <laughs> we weren't overly overly concerned with making the 24-hour mark we just wanted to get it in one lump and uh so you know this is an ultra running thing a lot of people do backpack it um and of course if you're through hiking you're going to be traversing that over a couple of days or several days um and so there but there is a small population of people in the ultra running community that do these self-supported runs and trying to get fastest known times um and so we were not trying to beat a record we were like bud said just trying to do it in Mm -hmm. one lump uh and you know 24 hours was the goal for for most people that's kind of the point of it but we also knew that we would probably take over 24 hours And a lot of the Appalachia thru-hikers in that section, uh, their pace is only 5 to 10 miles a day. 
Yeah. And so they're 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 taking over a week to go through there. Yeah, it's a pretty gnarly section. I think all in all, the elevation gain is close to twenty thousand. That's maybe like eighteen thousand feet of gain um, over that seventy-two miles. Something something in that ballpark area. So it's a lot of climbing, a lot of gnarly technical trail in terms of rocks and boulders mm-hmm. and and just the technicality is is pretty high. Um, but also, of course, the views are great. So oh, yeah, so we we had heard of people running SCAR. Bud helped crew people uh, before mm-hmm. we did it running SCAR. And so the goal was to, um, you know, use our ultra running skills and uh, get it done over as, as quick as possible um, without, you know, camping or anything right. like that. And the, the terrain through there is some of the most uh, harsh on the entire Appalachia Trail. Um, there's really loose rock. There's jagged roots. Um, it's climbing and descending the whole way. A lot of the altitude is between 4,000 and 6,500 feet. And so you're spending a lot of time uh, at altitude. It's not very high altitude for anyone who spent time at elevation, but when you're putting out an effort at 6,000 feet, it does wear on you a bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very technical. The views are amazing because you are running bridges and, and going through passes. And so you're you're on the mountain range uh, running peak to peak. And so it's a really neat experience. And so I think our overall goal was just to do it. Um, because SCAR is self-supported, it's not an organized race, you, uh, you know, people do it different ways. People do it mm-hmm. completely self-supported with no outside crew. Um, some people have a crew, uh, people who are not running, but meet them halfway. There's a meeting point. Uh, what was that? A Clingman's Dome yeah. uh, area. There's a there's a parking lot that the trail passes through. So there's a couple of different ways people do it. And so we knew from the outset that we would have crew in the form of my husband, uh, who is like the crew master. <laughs> He's a very avid outdoorsman and, and is good at taking care of people in the wilderness. Um, so we, we did have outside help. Shout like, out, Jim. Yes, thank you, Jim. <laughs> we'll have to bring him on the podcast and let him talk. He's a whitewater kayaker and uh, just breaking into trail running going couch to 100 miles but that's for another story um and so we had a crew and our goal was to do this adventure uh with you know some minimal support we had my husband of course at drop off pickup and halfway for support and it was to just do it and we uh you know you're carrying basically everything you need so that means water filtration uh you have to rely on the springs that dot the Appalachian Trail through the Smokies uh, for your water source. You know, there's no aid stations. Um, And so there was a lot of prep to this, thinking about um, how to filter our water and what kind of setup to use and how much food to carry. Uh, So there was, our goal was just to be able to plan it and execute it and have an adventure. And I feel like that's exactly what we did. Yeah. I've got a few things in the back of the truck here that I need to get. You want to pause it and then I'll get them. It's tie right in. Okay, sure. Okay, hold on. We're going to let Bud get something. Okay, so we're back. Bud grabbed some supplies from the back of his car. And so Mr. Prepared, Bud, uh, he had done a lot of research um, using the current books, spring locations, 
it's it's funny because some of the springs are very small and easy to miss along the AT through this section. And so you really do have to have knowledge of where they yeah. should be located. Uh, sometimes they run dry during the summer. And so uh, there was some preparation going into just knowing the trail, uh, learning from the through hikers and, and using the AT guide for 2019. Yeah, this is the uh, David A. Wall Miller, the AT guide, 2019 southbound. They're probably like 10 to $15 on Amazon. And every year you need to get one if you're gonna be on the AT. He's got all the updates for the trail markers. But what you basically have is a, um, what, would you, what do you call this kind of map? So there's profile. a really, well, yeah, we'll take yeah. a picture of it. There's like a profile map that lists every single little um, ridge, view, creek, uh, spring, everything that you would need to know for the AT. And so, of course, Bud laminated um, sheets for us <laughs> so that we would have them on the trail because he's Mr. Well, Boy Scout. Well, it rains and stuff, you know. Okay, so Davenport Gap Shelter. That's where we began. Yeah, that is 238 miles from the start if you're headed northbound. Okay, from Springer Mountain yeah. then. Okay, okay. No, is that right? No. I'm uh, not sure. I'd have to, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe though, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mile 238 from where the So it keeps up total mileage of the AT as you're progressing. So it's a really handy mm -hmm. guide to have, especially for the springs, because there, there certainly were times we would have stepped right past a spring that was much needed um we did this in may no june when did we do the first, june. first weekend in june F first of june 2019 uh summer was just beginning so springs were all good um but if you're doing it at any other time you know it's good to know yeah. current conditions in in uh, reports from hikers and so we kind of wanted a really good time, I think, uh, but definitely needed the intel yeah. of knowing where things were on the right. trail. So you have to know where your next water source is because you do not want to carry 30 miles worth of water on right, you. Right, exactly. You need to carry what you need for the next spring with a little bit extra. Right. And so you do not want to be hauling 20 pounds of water. Right, and so let's stop right there and talk about some of the gear. Um, people have been asking me off and on when I talk about SCAR, well, what kind of gear did we use? And one of the most important pieces of gear was our pack. And so, you know, typically ultra runners will use a hydration pack uh, that can also store a little bit of food and supplies. And so undertaking something like this, where it's more self-supported, we needed larger packs. And so for myself, I bought a Nathan Fast Pack, which um, is a hydration vest slash backpack. And so I was able to carry a bladder of water, like I would ultra running, uh, but also have uh, pockets for water bottles and then extra space for supplies. And so it looks like a, a day pack. Yeah. Um, and so that was vital for me um, because we did carry extra supplies and safety things uh, since we had minimal crew yeah. and minimal crew access. Yeah, that's, that is one of the most important aspects of this. There is no bailout. Yeah, so yeah. you have to have everything that you're possibly going to need for a blizzard or for a rainstorm uh, or a heat wave. You have to have all that with you. And there's no running back to your car. There's no getting help from anywhere. 
your road access, you've got, you know, 30 miles between you and the road when you start and 40 miles between you and the road towards the finish. Uh, there is no side trail that will get you to a road any quicker than finishing the trail. Yes. And so there is no bailout. You cannot, you can't get off the trail. You're there. And so all, everything you need, you have to have with you. Right. And so for, for what we had in our fast pack, some of the things, I mean, your typical food supplies, um, for us, I used a combination of gels, bars, peanut butter packets, uh, things like that, and um, salt pills. Mm. And we had other things such as first aid kits. We had a little stove, camp, uh, backpacking, yeah. ultralight backpacking stove in case we needed. We had safety uh, blankets. We had whistles. We had uh, changes of clothes. Um, clothing, which I thought was ridiculous at the time, but we'll get to to where uh, things yeah. were so vital in the middle of the night. Things change quickly. So, in addition to the little um, AT through hiker guide, we had like three or four loose leaf pages out of there, and you don't carry the whole book unless you're doing the whole trail. Um, I had a waterproof map of trails in the Smoky Mountains, just in case we did decide to get off trail, um, we would have a guide that would show uh, what was there. Right. There's a few times when we had maybe 20 miles left on the trail, mm -hmm. and, I, and I was tired. I was done with it at that point. <laughs> yeah, we were looking, looking for an exit strategy. I'm looking for an exit strategy. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I every, remember. Every one of those side trails is 15 to 20 miles to the first dirt road. Right, so you there's might as no well just stay. There's no there's salvation no, there. Yeah. And there's no cell service. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, and, you know, you, you really are. It's a self-supported adventure, just as if you were backpacking. Um, we were just going a little faster. And so um, our day started off good. So my husband had dropped us off. We started at the Davenport Gap. Uh, some people, a lot of people, it seems like, start at Fontana Dam. But we decided to end our trek at Fontana Dam because they have showers there. It's it's a nice place for your crew to be set up. Um, yeah, huge parking lot. Yeah, and so we started um, at Davenport, which I feel like is opposite of a lot of people. But I liked it. I really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. So the first 30 miles, it's like 30-ish miles from Davenport to Newfound Gap which is where we could meet crew. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of the halfway point. Um, and that first 30 miles was gorgeous. Some of the best scenery. Um, we we thoroughly enjoyed it. What kind of flowers were blooming? Oh, man. The rhododendrons were blooming on the mountaintops, the laurels and everything. Oh, it was just beautiful. So we were going through tunnels of yes, flowers. The first five miles of the trail kind of hypnotized us oh it's just gorgeous we thought the whole thing was going to be like that and just easy <laughs> yeah we were we were yeah just kind of dancing and cruising for those first uh, section and so really the, our first day on the trail during daylight went well we started at dawn uh we got our 30 miles done and we met my husband for dinner at Newfound Gap, he had prepared some fajitas for us, and we changed clothes. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it had been warm during the day, and then temperature dropped uh, pretty good at night. This was early June up in the mountains, pretty cool uh, for for nighttime. And 
so that first 30 miles was very uneventful. It was a nice, pleasant run through the woods. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, we broke, you know, for dinner. And as soon as night fell or was getting dark, we were already back on the trail. Uh, and so this would be leaving, like, and going towards Clingman's Dome area on the AT and heading towards Fontana Dam. And I would say that is when... <laughs> <laughs> that is when the adventure yeah. began. Um, as soon as we jumped back on the trail, night was falling, uh, we couldn't help but notice there was bear, fresh steaming bear scat uh, about every three feet on the, on the, trail. <laughs> on the trail, in the on middle the of the trail, which at first I thought, you know, that's a little, that seems a little odd. There's so much. Um and it does turn out that that area has high, high bear activity. Uh, we still were not overly concerned. Um, we had not seen bears during yeah. the day. Bud and I both have spent a lot of time in the Smokies. Uh, and I've spent many, many trips hiking and backpacking through the Smokies. And never really been concerned about bears. Um, but all of that was about to change <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man, was it about to change? Um, and so here we are. We're we're pat. We're on the AT. Night has fallen. Headlamps on. Uh, we've got dinner in our bellies uh, like dummies. We carried a lot of food with us after dinner. We packed yeah. some fajitas for later in a Ziploc bag. In a Ziploc bag, but I'm sure we still smelled like yummy fajitas and, I'm sure and we a did. mix of goos. And we're trekking, and there's bear scat everywhere. Uh, and we see there's lots of signs of boar. There's actually, oh, there was an area where there was high boar activity, and they were trying to divert boar off of the trail. That's right. And so we kept going through all of that pretty gnarly section going up to Clemens Dome. And, uh, you know, it was still really smooth, I would say. We were making great time. I think we were still feeling good. We even pulled off the side of the trail at one of the ridge tops to look at the stars and turn was, off our headlamps turn yeah, off the I headlamps beautiful night uh if you're thinking about doing scar i would highly recommend the first of june flowers are blooming weather was nice and mild uh the stars that night were just incredible um and we jumped back on trail making good time and i guess uh you know as you're doing this you have to remember that most people are hiking and they're spending the night at shelters. So nighttime on the AT, uh, there's no people. The through hikers and, and section hikers are fast asleep at the shelters, resting for the next day. So every time we came upon a shelter, and uh, a lot of times the springs are located at the shelters, we were very careful to turn off headlamps, be very quiet and respectful of the sleeping hikers. Um, and so when we were in the middle of the night passing by shelters and springs, we were just very mindful to be quiet mm -hmm. and to, to not make noise and not be seen. Um, and that was going pretty good until about, what do you think, 2 a.m.? Yeah. And 2 a.m.? Do you have the shelter? Yeah, in fact, it was double, uh, double spring gap shelter. So I remember clearly, I'll just, we'll just replay <laughs> the whole scenario for you guys uh, because it's probably one of the pivotal moments in my life. I was, <laughs> I was the lead. Bud was behind me. I was in front. We, uh, we were coming upon a shelter, the double gap. Is that what it's called? Double, double spring, spring gap. gap shelter yeah. full of hikers. Uh, our spring was there. 
we had to pass this particular one. You have to pass right through the trail, goes right mm-hmm. through the shelter. And so we, we were very quiet, uh, not making any noise, very crowded shelter, full of people. It was overflowing. There were it people was overflowing, camping. Yeah. Just a very busy time. Uh, I passed the shelter, turned back on my headlamp to head up the hill, out leading out of the shelter, and I look up, and all I can see <laughs> is a very giant bear standing in front of me right on the trail. Yeah. And it grunts at me and snorts. And now, up until this point, all the bears I'd ever seen had run away and are scared of you. This bear... Uh, we would later kind of put two and two together. This was a nuisance bear. Uh, he was out for the food at the shelter, and he or she uh, was not deterred by a hiker at night, <laughs> let's no. say. And so I, 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 in my biggest whisper yell that I can manage, but... <laughs> Bear! Because this bear, um, yeah, I remember that, did not back down, and so it it looked at me. It kind of did its foot in the dirt, and then it ran to the side of the trail in the woods and made all of its sounds. And I expected it. I kind of just stopped and expected it to run off. Bud had caught up to me by this time, and uh, that bear was not moving. And so we're standing there trying to analyze the situation, and we realize that this bear has friends. Yeah, there was <laughs> there was more than one kind of surrounding us in the woods. Yes, on either side, um, making noises in the woods, snorting, and. Uh, but we had like a a standoff where we kind of shined our headlamps right in his eyes, and stared at him. He was a good thirty feet away, maybe, uh-huh. and we just kind of he wouldn't leave and there was no way for us to go down the trail he wasn't budging and you were cowered behind me right? I was I think I was yeah. shaking <laughs> I was I was standing between you and what I thought was the only bear at that time right to protect you yeah I was I was in my head trying to write did out I, what my uh oh, what is it did the I, did obituary I, would say yeah. in the paper <laughs> Did I stand out in front of you or did you just run uh, behind me? I think I ran behind <laughs> you because I was like, here, I, I, I offer Bud as tribute, you know. <laughs> um, I don't even remember. I just remember I was... I had a handheld light too and I pulled that yeah, out Yeah, we were trying to shine it, trying to scare them off. And I think the point that I really kind of thought I might pass out was when I realized there was more than one bear and they were kind of surrounding us in the sidelines of the woods and we couldn't see them all but we could hear them uh, making their angry noises (laughs) let's say and I think that's the moment where I realized we're not continuing on this trail right now and we've got to figure out what to do and so we both I think we stood there for a long while kind of analyzing what we should do and we decided that we should slowly back down to the shelter yeah. Um, and that's what we did. We like backwards. Yeah, backwards. We, we didn't were, want to turn around and, and yeah. take off. So we very, very slowly, uh, we made it safely back to the shelter. It was not far. And um, we ended up staying at the shelter for, I don't know, almost an hour. Uh, because yeah. we really... On the picnic table. On the picnic table, we laid down. We were frozen. Uh, if you are an ultra runner or runner, you know that when things cool off, you feel nice and warm because you're moving. 
and all of a sudden it was the middle of the night it was very cool up in the mountains and we were drenched in sweat but we had stopped moving abruptly mm -hmm. and we were frozen i mean i honestly can't remember a time in my life that i was that cold and i think some of it was the fear i was shaking yeah uh, but it was just we were drenched in sweat and just frozen could not get warm and the bears were moving all around the shelter the you bears could you could hear the bears um and so we it was a waiting game we we stayed at the shelter mm -hmm. eventually i was so cold that i was like bud we have to we have to move and so we did ever so cautiously they had moved on or at least let us pass by the last bear that I saw leaving that shelter was standing underneath the backpacks. Yeah. Look, looking up at the backpacks in yeah. the tree. So once we felt like, okay, we're not going to get eaten and attacked by nuisance bears, we did very cautiously. And I have to tell you, that little half mile leading out of the shelter, <laughs> I was like, I just knew that this is how it ends. Like, we are going to be, But you know. surprisingly, <laughs> it, only, it only took me like 10 minutes to start shedding layers. Yeah, we warmed right back up and we felt good, but we yep. just had to get moving. Stopping was so horrible in every way. And so we survived the nuisance bear incident of 2019. I was shaken. Uh, the rest of the trip would kind of be defined by that. And then somewhere, moment. I want to say it was like between Siler's Bald Shelter and Derek Knob Shelter. Am I going the right direction? I'm not sure. Uh, no. I will say I have never been so excited to see a sunrise um, because Pets. I just thought yeah. once the sun is up, we can at least see the bears <laughs> instead of hear them. <laughs> it was Peck's Corner Shelter, I think, was the next one we came to. The next one. And I don't and even there, remember that And there was a one. bear that was in the bushes. Oh, yes. And it, and it growled yes. and then just kind of shuffled off. Yeah, that one was just a regular. But it was close to, it day, growled. Close to daybreak. Yeah, and so I, I was feeling more confident then because I'm like, if it runs off, we're good. But it did growl, which was very unnerving. Uh, and at this point, I was really beginning to think, Lauren, uh, maybe you're not cut out for, you know, dodging bears <laughs> in the well, middle of the night. <laughs> prior to that, was it um, was it in the first section where we heard the bugling elks? No, and that was the second. Was Let's second talk one. about that. So okay. day breaks, we're, we've got our, our shit together. Our brains are back on mm -hmm. track. We're a little uh, thrown off because our timing is way off. We had stopped so long at the shelter and gone so slow that it really ate up a lot of our night. Uh, so it did put us way behind, even for us. And so the next morning we're up, uh, we're beginning to feel the effects of being, you know, on our feet and awake for 24 hours. I mean, this would have been 24 hours, no sleep, a good bear scare. And uh, day broke and we we carried on. We came to a neat place where we were going up a ridge and we had a pack of wild boar. And by this oh, yeah. point, I was just glad it wasn't bear, like a nuisance bears. But there was a point where we we're like, we weren't sure what to do. And I remember I yeah, looked at the... Yeah, what are the rules with boar? Yeah, know. you know, I know they can charge and they can be quite uh, vicious. And so I just remember turning to Bud and saying, hey, do you know how to climb a tree? <laughs> <laughs> Um, because we weren't sure. There was this huge uh, pack of boar. I don't know what you call a group of wild boar. I don't know. A pack. I, I have no idea. <laughs> a gaggle of wild boar in the middle of the trail and, and flagging, you know, both sides. Um, but eventually they kind of got spooked and just ran off and it wasn't a big deal. They just kind of moved on. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's typically what happens, but they did. And it wasn't long after that that we heard the bugling of an elk. Yeah, and you could hear the elk in the woods, but we never did actually see them. Mm-mm. But they are not quiet. Um, yeah, yeah. Like it was... white-tailed deer are very quiet. Elk, they, they just crash through the sticks and you can hear them. And the bugle is just so gorgeous up there in the mountains. Yeah, it was a really neat experience, especially after the bear and the boar. Uh, to hear the elk, oh, you know, I'm sure elk can be dangerous, like if they charge you. But at this point, I was not even concerned. <laughs> it was just kind of a really neat moment to hear that bugling. We were far away from anyone. We haven't seen anyone in forever. Um, and so it was a neat experience. That was that was really neat. And then. Um, you know, going forward, it was a long day. So here we were, 24 hours and more, no sleep, uh, trying to eat on what little food we had left, lots of climbing. Uh, we still had 40, 30, that morning when day broke, we still had 30 miles to go, basically. Yeah. And I remember thinking, uh, this is awful. Like, I, like we were talking about, I want to exit strategy. But there was no exit strategy. It's finishing. That's your only exit. Uh, we did stop at another shelter and laid down on a slab of concrete and took a nap. Uh, I don't know how long we were out, but... 15 minutes. Oh, it felt amazing. Uh, and then got up and continued on and really uneventful until night fell again. Near the end when we were trying to get off trail, night fell and uh, it happened to be in the area of highest bear activity and there was a lot of growling Mm. (laughs) in the woods going on beside us and at that point I was blowing my whistle I was clanging my poles trying to make as much noise as possible and I mean I think at one point I was in tears like let's just get off this trail because I don't want to get eaten by now there was a lot of side trails that were closed Mm -hmm. due to bear activity yeah yeah signs everywhere and I guess the the Appalachia Trail they just weren't gonna close it obviously no no but all these other side trails you know they were off limits yeah so uh yeah that that was our adventure we finally got off trail Go lost getting to the parking lot of Fontana Dam on the road. <laughs> I we, think we were, we were we were stupid. We didn't do enough intel to know at which, the end. <laughs> at the end, you have to go a mile on the road at least to get to the dam. Oh and yeah, and we we by this point we had been awake for over forty eight hours, I guess, or almost forty eight hours. Yeah, uh, we had had our rush of adrenaline, and uh, I was just so tired of hearing bears growl at me that <laughs> I just wanted civilization, yeah. which is not like me. Um, so it was a great adventure though. Even like the, the scary parts uh, that ended up being fine. It was a learning experience and it was, uh, I don't know. Can you recall all the animals we saw? There was a lot of wildlife. Lots of wildlife. The birds were amazing up on the ridgetops. Oh, the music, the songs. The fragrance of the trail was amazing. Yes, it was. The little cool salamanders at night uh, in between the bear scat. (laughs) The very cool Tennessee salamanders that were out. The mossy kind of rotting tree foresty areas at night were just beautiful. Just all kinds. It was just, it was an amazing experience. And I feel, I talked about this, I was interviewed for a podcast uh, with Nicole DeBoom, and I talked about how this trip in particular really was 
kind of a spiritual reckoning for me. Mm. Uh, at the time we did SCAR, I had a child in a treatment center in a, a facility, hospital facility. Um, and it was a very hard personal place for me to be um, away from my child. He wasn't allowed to have visitors in the center he was at, uh, only at certain times. And so uh, we decided to carry on with SCAR. And uh, for me personally, mentally was very difficult um, adventure because my heart and mind were in a very bad place. My son was struggling. He struggles with mental health issues. Um, and it was a very, very dark time for me. And um, undertaking this adventure when I was mentally and emotionally in such a hard place, uh, it held a lot of meaning for me. And I'm so grateful that Bud was there for this and for me and I remember towards the end when we realized it was going to take us a long time obviously much longer than 24 hours we I was obsessed with trying to find cell service so I could call Jim and let him know we were alive there was some worry back at home and to also be able to make a phone call to my son um, during calling time and, you know, there was no cell service. And I remember we finally, I'll never forget yeah. this, as long as I live, I wish I'd got, I could remember this dude's name. We got to a shelter, you know, at these shelters on the AT, if you do SCAR, I encourage you to stop and talk to some of the through hikers in some of the shelters during daylight hours. Hear, hear their story. Find yeah. out what it is. Amazing people. And we found yeah. this kid. I call him a kid. He's probably in his 20s. Uh was hiking the AT. What a character. He had cell service and he was so kind and let us use his phone. And we got word back to my husband that we were indeed alive and on the trail. And he was such a cool person. Everybody there, there was people from around the world at that shelter. And it was such a neat community. Uh, And we just got little glimpses of it. Makes me want to through hike the AT. Uh, Just such a neat experience. And just being able to get a phone call out and... Uh, it did so much for me in this kindness mm-hmm. of the people and their attitudes and them listening to me. Uh, it was the neatest experience. So what, what I tend to find a lot on the Appalachia Trail, and I could be wrong, but it's what I see, <laughs> there's a tremendous amount of young people, and I'll, I'll say the 18 to 25-year-old range. These are either people who are fresh out of high school, about to go into college, they're fresh out of college about to go into the world yeah and then you'll have a lot of people who are retiree age yes and so you have like very few people in between there's like nobody who's 30 to 55 nobody everyone is either 25 and younger or you know 60 and older yeah I agree it really was that way you have got the perfect situation with you know trail moms and trail sons and trail dads oh yeah it was so cool yeah to see that yes they all these people are like surrogate parents for these kids and vice versa it's 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 just beautiful and uh people hike the Appalachia Trail Uh, a lot of Europeans come to the U.S. and they hike it and uh, a lot of college kids are out there and it's just a, a really really neat community everyone is uh so helpful and there of course every time we got to a shelter 
you'll see people around the campfire getting their food ready. They've got coffee, they've got stuff cooking and skillets going. And I just want to stay there and, 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 and be <laughs> yes, with them yes. and not continue. I yeah. don't want to keep going. It's horrible on the trail. I want to sit there at the shelter and let these people take care of yes. me. Yes, it was so neat. And they have I food wish, and coffee. Yeah, and the first day, the first 30 miles, we didn't stop at shelters and do that. And it wasn't no. until after our bear scare and then me having my existential crisis uh, that we did. We spent some time at shelters, which obviously ate a lot of time. But like we said, <laughs> we were not in it to, to do a fastest known time. We were in it to have an adventure of a lifetime. And I think we succeeded. What oh, do you think? I do. Yeah. It, it was definitely an adventure, adventure of a lifetime. There, there are sections of the scar that we want to do again. Yes. Um, for me personally, I don't really want to do the whole thing in one shot again. I would love to do the whole thing in pieces. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, that's where Bud and I differ. I do want to do that first 30 miles, like, as a day run with friends. So, but, I will crew you when you okay. do it in one shot. <laughs> I I do. I want to do scar again. Uh I don't know. I think I've forgotten about how scared oh I was God, with the, the peer, bear. The peer pressure. But I do. There's something inside me that thinks that if I'm in a better place mentally and emotionally, I think I can I can push even harder and, I don't know, just have another adventure. I would tell you, doing Scar, and especially with Bud, uh, was one of probably the highlights of my life. You know, when you th think back of, like, some of the best times and adventures mm -hmm. of your life, Scar is up there. Uh, I came off the trail just not with just more trail wisdom and wildlife wisdom uh i came off a stronger better person right a lot of personal stuff for me uh you know if you're into that spiritual kind of being on the trail uh that's what it did for me and there's no one else i would have wanted to do it with other than bud that's for sure i think uh i appreciate that i feel yeah. the same way yeah and i think that's why uh our adventure was so fun is that we we were in it together we were partners mm -hmm. And being together was part of the adventure. And I think we did a really good job. I'm proud of us, bud. I'm, I'm proud of us, too. We're both still here. Yeah, we, we didn't get eaten by bears. Almost. It was close. Yeah. <laughs> it was close. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know, bud. So, what's your takeaway from Scar? What's your takeaway? Well, I feel like I can accomplish anything after doing that. Uh it does take planning, it does take preparation, um, training, and I, but I, I do know my own limitations. Mm -hmm. I think for me personally, yeah, we could improve significantly on the time through there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know that I could actually break 24 hours. Yeah, I don't think that's in the cards for me. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a lot of people that I really, really love and respect i yeah. saw them in the 28 to 25 hour range yes and they were giving it their all yes and yes. um yeah we could get somewhere close to that <laughs> but I, and i did see one guy who i really 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 admire he broke 24 hours oh that's right yes by like that's amazing. 10 minutes yeah amazing that was and, jeremy yep. yeah yeah yeah, yeah I don't have what he has. No, I don't either, unfortunately. No. Uh, yeah. Shout out, Klutz. Yes, way to go, man. We, we respect and admire you. Are we you. doing shout outs? Sure, shout okay. out. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean. So, we had, uh, in fact, uh, Jeremy Parker had planned all this out, and 
I didn't just, you know, um, spy on what he was doing. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do this mission with them. I had other plans in my life at that time. So I, I was going to, the offer was there to go with them. And, and I appreciate that. And they did Scar as a big group. See, how many yeah. did they start so with? So we had uh, Jeremy Parker, Jeremy Klutz, Felix Shea. Um, who else was on there? Um, I can't remember. Rob Pageant. That's right, yeah. And uh, Taylor Whitmore. Yes, yes. Because uh, he did pretty awesome, too. I was really impressed cause, uh, with Taylor's yeah. performance. Yes. Yeah. Did I mention everybody? I think so. I wasn't there that yeah. weekend that he crewed, but I think so. I think that's the group you guys had. Mm. Yeah, I was following along on that. Um, I think Nick Horvath, he, uh, what did he do? Just helped them out? Maybe. Shuttled them. Yeah, yeah maybe. Them. Maybe. So if we and forgot think, someone, let us know. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So it, it was my responsibility to feed them at Newfound Gap and at Oh, uh, like Fontana. what my husband, Jim, yeah. had done. Yeah. So what, did we have races that morning in... Chattanooga? I don't know. I we I did. was in we Nashville, a, and you no. had you and Jen had a bike ride. Oh, Jen and I had a bike ride. You and Jen had the some Hink kind happy. of yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. And then you had ride. a discard to crew. Yeah. So then I came up to Newfound Gap and uh, hung out in the parking lot, cooked fajitas and all that stuff, and then the, the guys started coming in one at a time, mm -hmm. and uh, three of them continued on after eating. Uh, so Klutz and uh, Parker and Taylor, they went on, and then Felix and and Rob, uh, they hung back, stayed in my truck. We camped out. <laughs> Rob, I can't Rob, blame them. Rob I know. was done. Felix wanted to go, but yeah, it was a little bit much. Yeah. Um, and Felix, by the way, is a total badass. He just he did is. two one hundred milers back to back, yeah. so he's an amazing ultra runner. Uh, but yeah, when you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. I mean, that's yeah. part of it, you know. I think on on that mission, Parker was in charge, and he decided Felix needed to stay in the truck. Yeah, I, I didn't think it took too much arm twisting. <laughs> he well, was oh done. yeah, I mean that's some gnarly terrain. I, I, and if you're I not in it, if <laughs> if something goes wrong or you're having a rough day, mm -hmm. I mean it's tough. Yeah, so tough. Okay, so Bud. Yeah, what's up? We've been talking for almost an hour here, yakking about SCAR. So, for SCAR, uh, if you have questions about gear and things that we did and used, please feel free to reach out. I've had people ask me questions. I'm happy to answer questions about SCAR. I know Bud is, too. We could probably sit here for six hours and talk about SCAR. Mm -hmm. um, there's just so much to say, but we're not going to do that now. Um, what else would you want to say about I, SCAR? What uh, else? Hmm. So after spending that much, it's more of a ultra running type thing. Sleep deprivation, yeah. calorie deprivation. You're putting out this effort. After so many hours, you start to get a little bit loopy. <laughs> oh yeah, we hadn't talked about the hallucinations. You, you do see hallucinations. Oh yeah. And trees start to look like animals. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know. Every black stump looks like a bear. Yeah. And, oh, yes. You know. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, and I don't know what was going on in my head, but it was a little morbid. I kept seeing me and Bud hanging in trees. Uh, very strange. Usually my hallucinations are silly things. Like there's a unicorn, you know, yeah. running in the woods next to me. Uh, but it was very 
morbid. And I think it was like my dark subconscious because I'd been in this like life and death situation with the bears and and just like this extreme sleep and calorie deprivation, like what Bud was saying. It that was all new. Uh, I mean, the farthest I'd run continually was 80 miles to this point uh, in a hundred miler attempt, and this was all like uncharted territory for me. These extended hours with no sleep and little food, and my mind went to some really, really dark, weird places. So I thought I found that interesting. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> but would, what did you see? I was seeing dragons and. Uh, leopards and you know figures yeah so any any shape could resemble a giant python or something and in the in the gravelly ground as my headlamp was bouncing off the ground i would see faces and images the the rocks would kind of be like a mosaic or something yeah yeah and you know weird stuff yeah you know stuff that's not even part of my um my everyday life. Right, right. I, I, I mean, I was seeing like, uh, you're seeing ancient runes carved yeah. by his ancestors. <laughs> yeah. So there, there were things that looked like, um, almost like church stained glass. Th- I, I mean, I saw Mary. Okay. I'm not, not Catholic, but I saw, that's what I saw. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, hey, I mean, your mind is like, you just don't know what's going to happen. And you know, I have to say that doing scar in a partnership like we were not going to leave each other we had made that no, pact yeah. and gonna, at the end i was gonna die <laughs> yeah at the end uh i i lost it i became a little delirious you those last few me? miles no i was mad at bud because he kept saying it's just a couple more miles and i was like you liar this is not a couple miles this is like you know 20 uh, I got a little, yeah, disoriented, delirious, and kind of out of my mind. And so, you know, when you're in a partnership, he was also delirious, but but not enough to, like, go full-blown delirious with me. And so having that balance is, I think, important because I did at the end. I was end, just half delirious. Yeah. I, well, I was kind of like, I, the thought of being out there with the bears again at night, I was just like, I, I'm done. I went off this trail. And, of course, once it's over, I'm like, I can't wait to do it again. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I think being in partnership uh, was a good thing, especially those last five miles or so. Whew. So I have, like, a question for you. Okay, sure, go. Okay. Pick a disgustingly indulgent mm. meal. Describe it in detail. You are choosing this as your post-race or event meal. Oh, man. Always, always. What do you and like? I'm so sorry to the vegetarians and You're picking and it vegans. for me also. Oh, I'm picking it for you also. Yeah. Well, you'll, you probably know what I'm going to pick. Go ahead. I want a big, juicy cheeseburger. Okay. I want a chocolate milkshake. I want a beer. I want some fries. And I just want to, like, plow into it. Yeah. I just want to, like... I just want it all in my mouth. <laughs> I want it. I just want to like bury my head in a cheeseburger. Is it like a uh, like a blue moon wheat beer or is yeah, it a, I'm a, a blue real moon. IPA? Kind I, of thing? At this point, I Hockey. would drink anything after a race. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, usually like a wheat ale. I don't know what you call it. I'm not a beer person, but I want one after a race, <laughs> and I want a chocolate milkshake, and I yeah. want a big greasy burger with bacon and like mm-hmm. ketchup dripping off the side and the grease mm-hmm. like coming down my mouth yeah i just want to like bleh, 
bury my head in it. Yeah, that's how that, I feel. <laughs> Is that gross? And then we just lost all of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really good, actually. <laughs> that's always what I want after a race or a big uh-huh. endurance event. I don't know why, but that is my what my yeah. stomach defaults to. So. Yeah, and so I like to have like serious details. <laughs> so when someone is telling me a story, so basically i want the edges of that burger to be burnt uh, looks like crispy. i want it burnt yeah and like ridges from where it's been like on the grill and i have to have physical salt crystals so like <laughs> sprinkled on Big each chunks. each piece where i'm eating it because that's that's what i'm craving so bad the salt yeah 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 for sure <laughs> As, this is Tom. What was it last year in Black Mountain? We always run the Black Mountain, uh, either the challenge or the marathon. And what was it? You that accidentally ordered the mushroom burger? Oh no! And it was a oh, mushroom God. instead of a burger. You know. <laughs> and he was so disappointed. <laughs> was that you? They had, yeah, they had all these wonderful burgers, and then there was. I thought it was a burger that had mushrooms on it. Like, what do you call? I went vegan. What do, what do you call the? sauteed mushrooms yeah they yeah. put it on burgers right right and so this thing comes out i'm eating it i'm like well they didn't put any mushrooms on this i was like all right it's just a regular burger i'll eat it and and i'm eating it and it's dry and it tastes like grain and it was like bread between bread that's funny. Is what like brown bread yeah, between yeah. two white breads i'll never forget and that i'm eating it and i'm like this doesn't taste right and then i'm like wait a second the patty's made out of mushrooms yeah yeah which I do like mushroom burgers. I will say that I would I would knock out good. one of those impossible but he burgers. Wanted, I would eat it. But he wanted some this meat. This was not even that. Yeah. This this looked like someone had made this in the kitchen, <laughs> you know, themselves. It yeah. was not even uh, a substitute for yeah, beef. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay, but so what's next? What do we have next on our uh, self-supported adventure list? What's next? Tell us about it. Uh, so are we talking about Pitchell? Yeah, let's talk okay. about it real quick. Let's give them a rundown real quick about Pitchell right. and we'll wrap up. So if I understand correctly, this is a path between Mount Pisgah and Mount Mitchell. Is yes. That right? And so for those who aren't familiar, that's in North Carolina. Mount Mitchell is the highest, the technically the highest peak in the east, in the Appalachia. 6,600 or Yeah, 6, so it barely makes it as the highest yeah. peak. Um, and so this takes place on the what is it sea to summit trail is what the name of it is something like that obviously we haven't done all the intel (laughs) a lot of it parallels the blue ridge parkway Mm -hmm. so unlike scar you have road access points along the way you're never more than a couple miles from the blue ridge parkway of course it's through the woods so you have no idea but it does intercept it several times right uh-huh. i think so it crosses yeah. maybe a couple times so if you're looking to do a ultra self-supported uh minimal support ultra uh with a friend or two i think this is a great one because crew access is so easy they just have to follow yeah. the blue ridge parkway and there's a lot of access to the trail and so the total mileage for this will be around 70 68 In the 60s or 70s, I think, I feel like it's like 68 to 70 miles. So similar to SCAR, uh, I suspect elevation gains will be similar to SCAR. Uh, I really, you know, I've run Mount Mitchell. I've run some of the the 
trails at the top of Mount Mitchell that this traverses. Uh, so they're I have challenging. Some, they're challenging. Very, very challenging. Very technical. Again, lots of uh, up and down, similar to Scar. So it'll be neat to compare and contrast it. Uh, but yeah, so that we have not decided which end to start with. We're in right. the early development phases of researching. We're actually going to be going to yep. the Mount Mitchell Challenge here at the end of February. We go every year and we'll do a little research, uh, building a crew. I think my husband's actually going to jump in and try to run some of it with us. Yeah. He's training. Uh, we have our friend Jen is in the third wheel of this uh, duo <laughs> that is and our she adventure. Was, and as far as when we did the scar, she would have been about the only person that would have been considered to go with us. Right? Yeah, and I hate that this, Jen couldn't go. This was go. A, a personal thing for us, kind yeah. of. Yeah, and so Jen would have would have been the third person of our triad, yeah. and so she will be on this adventure. I'm so excited to have Jen with us. She is our part of our trio. Uh, but in the Pitchell. Uh-huh. We have more people who are possibly coming. Yes. Pitcher will be a little yeah. bit. It's more than just me and Bud. And, yeah. and so I'm very excited because I love Mount Mitchell. I love that area of North Carolina. Uh, and, again, it's self-supported. We'll have a crew. Um, and, you know, we're not going for our fastest known time. So, I mean, I'm hoping we can do it in 24 hours. But we all know that it's going to be over 24 right. hours <laughs> for us, which is fine. Uh, and so we're in the early stages of planning. They call it Pitchell because it's from Mount Pisgah to Mount Mitchell from peak to peak. Uh, and I'm excited. I am so excited yeah. about doing it. It's going to be super fun. I'm hoping the bear activity is not as high, although I'm sure it's probably somewhat similar <laughs> at <Yeah>. night. <laughs> probably is. Uh, but that's okay because we'll be prepared now. We, we know how to handle it maybe yeah hopefully and i think that kind of ties in a little bit to who, who do you spend time with when you're doing your adventures it's very important it is that, yeah that, um i think you could have a uh, free-for-all and have too many people and have bad influences if you're around the wrong people if you've got too many yeah and you haven't vetted these people yeah well and you have to remember like on scar you are going to show your worst characteristic traits they're going to come That's out right. because you're sleep deprived you're hungry you're hangry you're stressed uh in some instances you could be scared and worried and so i you know you're your partner or your people you're running with are going to see the worst of you you're going to be whining and complaining out of character uh and you need people who you who know the real you who yeah. have seen you at your worst uh, yeah. but bud and i have seen each other our worst i think during races well, our worst isn't really that bad no it's not it's not like you know we're because when, <laughs> we're raging at people and <laughs> when, when you show me your true colors it's not like this split personality no. that's hiding there it's just it's you're at your lowest. it's like hungry girl yeah or it's you know and so it is important that you're with people i feel like you can trust and who support you at your best and at your lowest because you are going to reach some of your lowest points mm -hmm. on these adventures where you need yeah. that other person to lift you up uh, right. and to support you and not be like, oh my God, what a bitch. I wish I could get off this drill. Um, he may have thought that for a minute or two, but... No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, but yeah, you do. And so I'm really excited that Jim, my husband, he's, he's jumping into the ultra world uh, to experience it. You know, Jim and I have done 
long backpacking and, and hiking trips together, but not, but ultra is different because you're pushing your body further. You are digging down into the depths of your limits. And so it's different. It's just different all around. So a special select few people are yeah. going to be able to join us for even small sections of this. Yeah. Because yeah. Because they can be part of our crew. They can do 10 to 20 miles with us. They can yeah. pop in and off the trail Absolutely. if they want to. Yeah. They don't have to do the entire thing right. because there's plenty of bailout points. Yeah, that's the good and thing about it. The yeah. other the other part is um, they will be very close, dear friends of ours who are doing this. And they, they will be challenged with, you know, uh, we're close to, a, a, is it Asheville? Yeah, I mean, generally pretty so, close. So yeah. when we get go through certain sections there will be like fast food restaurant uh runs that they have to do oh they, yeah of course so need that if, burger. if we need something <laughs> i need that milkshake man <laughs> Woo! i know this could be dangerous like with with food so close by so close. Be like hey i need some tacos here stat stat oh man but yeah i am looking forward to this and bud's right i think who you do your adventure with is just as important as anything else in planning and doing mm-hmm. the adventure. Uh, yeah, I think it's so important. And I hope for upcoming podcasts, I really want to talk to more people like us mm-hmm. who are, you know, kind of a partnership on the trail, maybe doing some self-supported or doing hundreds together. So I'm hoping to pull in some more stories. So if you have a running buddy uh, who you feel like, you know, this is my ride or die and I can't do adventures without them. We want to hear about it. I think we should interview some people who are like us and see how they're similar and different yep. and hear about their adventures as well. Um, okay, so our time is coming to a close. We're about, we're at the trailhead, literally. The sun is up, yep. so it's okay that I, I don't have my headlamp. I feel better now. <laughs> we're going to meet up with different people throughout the day. Uh, Bud's going to be joining in when he can. 39 miles for me. Uh, I haven't even done a long run in forever, so this should be interesting. Uh, So, I don't know. Uh, If you have questions, reach out. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Um, We'll put our info and everything along with this podcast. But that's it. But any closing remarks? Uh, Shout out. Jennifer LaMonica, love you, girl. Oh, yes, that's Bud's <laughs> wife. And I know, and I remember, we. I think we scared our spouses so badly on Scar because they, they had thought no, we were dead. They thought we were dead. And so it was such a relief getting uh, word out to them. But, yes, thank you, spouses, yeah. for letting us do these crazy shenanigans and not getting too upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, well, guys, this has been great. We could talk for hours and hours, and we will today on the trail. But thanks for joining us for just a little bit. Uh, We appreciate it. All right. All right. See you, bud. Bye-bye. Bye.